Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this month's episode, uh, we're going to be taking a look at a Big Finish story. It's the third Doctor Big Finish story. It's the Havoc of Empires. Uh, but first, let's see what's been happening in the news since we've uh, since we've been away. Uh, now, unfortunately, we, we do have to start off with um, some sad news that the actor Paul Darrow um, died at the age of 78. Um, now, I'm sure most of you will know Paul Darrow uh, from his role as Kerr Avon um, from uh, Blake 7, um, which, I, 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 yeah, it's, I must admit, I haven't actually got to the end of watching it then because I, I was watching it when uh, my box set, when Gareth Thomas died. And I was right near the end of the... Um, end of the, the fourth series, and I thought, it's just that I don't really want to watch Gareth Thomas die as as Blake. And so I, I sort of put it off, and now sort of like Paul Darrow's passed away as well. Um, I don't know whether I actually feel like watching it again, to be honest. Ah, oh, but did he die? Did he die? Exactly, exactly. Well, I know I know it's sort of, um, I know Big Finish sort of carried on um, some adventures with, with him. I, I know it's meant to be set after or during the TV series, the, the Big Finish ones, but it's uh, during, I think. is it during? Okay, but uh, but of course, uh, Paul Darrow also featured in Doctor Who uh, twice as well. Um, he appeared as Captain Hawkins in Doctor Who and the Slurians in 1970, and then again as uh, Malin Tecker in the infamous Time Lash from yes. 1985, uh, which we did a commentary on um, two or three years back, didn't we? Yeah, uh, which you had a a great deal of fun with. <laughs> If I'm honest, and um, yeah, I mean, especially particularly because you feel he was in on the joke. Yes, so you, I think you he was. You don't feel particularly bad, really, when you're laughing at that episode because yeah, I think he he knew exactly he, what he was he, doing he, there. He was taking it to as to to where he wanted it to go. Really, exactly. Yes, he he thought it'd be best to play it in the manner of Richard the Third. Yes. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I, I do recommend you watch it. It's an awful story, but it is lifted every time he comes on the screen. If I'm yes. honest with you, yeah, it really is. Um, it's such a, it's so sad, really, because he's such a, um, he's such a legend, really. Yeah. And, and by all accounts, a very, very um, nice guy as well. I, I haven't read um, a single bad thing about him. No. Absolutely not. Um, and of course, he was. He was in other things. I think he did a um, a stint at the old or the Bristol Old Vic um, as well. Um, he was things in like Emergency Ward Ten, which was a, a hospital soap opera um, of the nineteen sixties, wasn't it? Um, yes. In the UK, where he met his wife on that as well. Um, and he sort of doing things like um, within these walls, which, which was a that was a women in prison program, wasn't it? I think so. I remember, remember Googie Withers was in it, and then you can't forget a name called Googie Withers. That was that was another famous British actress. Um, I think she was more famous for the th- films of the nineteen thirties and forties, I, I believe. But uh, I just remember her being within these. I think she was the prison governess or something. Right. But uh, I don't remember much about it. But he was also in um, Emmerdale as well. I think he had a couple of stints in Emmerdale actually, and then he was also in Law and Order UK, um, which I think he played a judge. In, in a few episodes of that, but um, which of course Peter Davison and Freeman Raggerman um, appeared in as well, Lord of the UK. But uh, yeah, so it's very sad, very sad indeed. Um, again, another, another oh, for me, an important part of my childhood. I grew, I grew up watching Blake, so I love Blake, so I love the character of Avon as well. Yeah, I mean, then to, to actually make 
that character likable and interesting, you know? Yeah. Because there isn't wasn't really a lot of um, saving graces to Avon's character, was there? No, he. I mean, especially in the first and second series, he was very much. If I have the chance, I will kill you. Yeah. With Blake, really, yeah. do anything to sell him out, really, it's to save his own. Literally, you've got to keep one eye on him all the time. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, is um, I think sometimes okay. I think as as he he became the lead, um, in it off, off the third series onwards, um, I, I think yeah, the, the performance got a bit broader. But it was that kind of program, I think, really. Yeah. But when but when it need when it when it was needed, he could do the cold calculating. Yeah. Almost, almost, you know, um, on, on, it was it was on tap that kind of thing for Paul Darrow, wasn't it? Um, and just just the put down lines in it, just were to Villa and whatever. Yeah, well, I was going to say because it, it was almost sort of like a, a double act with him and Villa, wasn't it? Yeah. After, especially after Blake left, um, it, it was um, very much sort of him and Michael Keating. So yeah, it's just very, very, um, very sad, really. So it's. Um, a bit. I say. I know he not been. I know, but not been well because he, he suffered um, um, sort of a lot of health complications because he lost both his, both his legs, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, back in twenty fourteen. So I know he hadn't, hadn't been well, um, but uh, it, it still came as a shock to me. Anyway. Yeah. It really did. It really did. So uh, there we go. A person of a real legend there. So uh, let's move on to some um, to some happier news. Now, whilst we've been away, we've had um, two um, Blu-ray announcements. Now, first up, um, we have the um, season twenty-three announcement. That's getting the Blu-ray uh, release, and that is called Colin Baker's uh, second season as, as, as the Doctor. So this is the Trial of a Time Lord season. Um, yes. Now, we, actually, what we forgot to mention, we were at the BFI uh, a couple of weeks back to watch uh, Planet of the Daleks. Yes. Uh, for, for that upcoming uh, Blu-ray release as well, uh, in uh, this month actually, um, and they did announce there was going to be another announcement the following Tuesday. They didn't say what it would be, and I think did we have a sort of conversation? Could it be this one? To a certain, you know, probably you know, it couldn't be that. Could it? Probably was that. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it had to be his turn or Sylvester McCoy's turn really to have a, have a yeah. Blu-ray release, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I suppose it, it was it was inevitable to be honest. Um, I know not not fondly remembered by a lot of people. I mean, but as as I post up on on, on uh, Facebook, uh, finally I, I could watch Terror the Ver Voice in high definition. <laughs> but that's um, yeah, apparently that that's getting updated effects. Terror the Ver Voice on this as well, right? Um, now, if there's anything like the, the um, I hope it's better than the updated effects that. They had for the Planet of the Daleks because it wasn't that great, was it? Uh, yeah, oh, so I mean, there's a problem as to what they're gonna do. I mean, if they do anything that's too good, it takes you it take you completely out of the the rest of the story because it'll but, stand out. But like the trouble it. is that the, the CGI they used was from about ten, or the, the, the standard was from about ten years ago. It does stand out like a sore thumb. I think I think that's the problem. But of course, they haven't got a lot of money to chuck at these things no. anyway. I mean, it's it's good that they've done it, but um, I hope there is an option to keep the original effects on there. If I'm honest with you, 
Because I, did, I, did, I, I didn't find the original effects so that bad, to be honest. But so there is an option. You just keep the DVD as well. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> there is that. Um, but anyway, back, back to season 23. So... Um, so extended edits of all 14 episodes. And producer said the updated effects for Terror of the Vervoids. Um, you've got immersive 5.1 surround sound and isolated scores on all 14 broadcast episodes. Uh, we've got the uh, Behind the Sofa, uh, this time featuring Colin Baker, Nicola Bryant, Bonnie Langford, Mark Strickson, Fraser Hines and Matthew Waterhouse. Um, you've got the Writer's Room uh, featuring Eric Sayward, Philip Martin, Christopher Bibmead, and Wally K, is it is it Wally K Daily or Wally K Daily? Way it's spelled here, um, which they discussed the Lost season twenty three. Um, we've got the Doctor Who cookbook revisited, um, which brave it says here brave cast members tackled their original recipes from the nineteen eighties official cookbook. I don't remember that at all. No, no, I certainly don't. Um, the Doctor's table. Um, join Colin Baker and friends for dinner. Um, in conversation. Uh, Matthew Sweet chats to companion Bonnie Langford. Now, I can understand on the um, the, plan- the the um, the the upcoming John Pertwee box set, yeah, um, that they've interviewed Katie Manning because obviously it'd, be, it'd been an interesting jo- interview. It'd been with John Pertwee. John Pertwee. <laughs> so I'm, it's interesting to see why they've gone with Bonnie Langford rather it's than Colin a, Baker or say, perhaps Nicola Bryant. An announcement or... we've missed. <laughs> I hope Maybe, not. yeah. Maybe, but um, and plus it also says there's uh, unseen studio footage. Uh, footage. There's some rare archive um, footage in there. Conventional footage, um, the usual uh, HD photo galleries, scripts, costume designs, and more in the in the usual PDF archives as well. So, um, and I've got to be I, honest, I I've pre-ordered mine already. I mean, perhaps 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 they've got Colin Baker lined up for the for the next one they do. Yeah. So they thought maybe Bonnie Langford was a. Maybe they keep it in for when they do his first season, perhaps. Yeah, so I was wondering rather than. Yeah, maybe. So, so maybe. Bonnie Langford was available. Yeah, so uh, but this um, is available to will go on sale on the twenty third of September. So you got you got a while to wait yet. You got a while to wait yet, but so there's a few more so. things coming beforehand. Now, as I said, the and other look out, and look out for PFI screenings of stuff around about. The yes, there will be. There will be. But um, anyway, hopefully, now, hopefully ho- I, I dare say they will. I dare say they will. Now, uh, the next Blu-ray release we've got. Um, this comes as a surprise to me. Um, the faceless ones are one of the um, sort of part missing Patrick Stra- uh, Troughton stories. Um, is getting an animated release. Now, this again, you've got an even longer wait for this one. This won't be um, released until uh, next year, actually, 2020. Don't know when yet in 2020, but uh, but there was a little short um, teaser. Uh, released um, on the official Doctor Who channel on YouTube. Um, again, I've already pre-ordered this one as well. Uh, but the interesting thing is all six episodes are getting the animated treatment. This is interesting because there are still two surviving episodes. Yeah. Which I'm assuming are going to be on there as extras. I'm assuming. We don't know at the moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah they did. I think they said on the Blu-ray all, all surviving footage would be... On, um, would be on the Blu-ray, DVD, and Blu-ray. Yeah, but um, no, it, it's great with it. We'll get another animated um, story again. Um, but I, I just thought I thought 
I thought the the strategy for them was just to animate the missing episodes. I mean, they didn't bother doing that with things like Reign of Terror or Tenth Planet or the Invasion, for argument's sake. The interesting thing about this is they're sort of starting to fill in the gaps in that season, aren't they? Yes, they are. Very, very much so. Very much so, with actually. Power of the Daleks. The Macra Terra. This is the faceless ones. How long before the rebuilding towards the Blu-ray release of that series with well, all of these? Could be, could be. But um, it is interesting that they decide to focus on sort of travel. As I think we, I think we said this before actually, because it's probably because it's the the most the Doctor's got the most missing episodes. Um, but obviously, there's. There's the classic Hartnell ones like Marco Polo, uh, the Crusades, the Massacre that everyone's sort of really wants to see. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sort of. I mean, I hope they are going to animate them as well. I do hope so. Yeah. Or, or maybe, or maybe these sort of semi, not modern ones, but the more sci-fi orientated ones are easier to animate than a historical, for argument's sake. Well, we'll see. If the next one is the Highlanders. <laughs> Ah, that's a good. That's a very good point. Yes, that'll either confirm or <laughs> deny that. That is a rumor, but it just seems to be that they're you know particularly focused on that series. Yeah, this particular series. Yeah, and at the point where they seem to be keen to knock out box sets of particular series, you do get the feeling that they're building to get a second Doctor box set out. Oh well, fair enough. It makes more room on my shelf. Put it that way. <laughs> See, this this then does the question: If we are doing that, I haven't yet bought the Macro Terra. <laughs> oh, haven't you? I'll, 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 I've been there with all of them. So, <laughs> so do I? Do I how? Do you hold time? off as long as possible? Yeah, that's a, that's a which good could, point, actually. Which sadly, though, at the speed they're going could be about three or four years. <laughs> <laughs> but that would at least give us Evil of the Daleks at the end. Yes, which I think everybody wants to uh, wants to watch. I certainly yeah. do. Anyway, I certainly do. But, uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll bring you more news when when that one. As I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm assuming there'll be more news as we get nearer the time of um, of its impending release next year. But uh, anyway, now on to sort of celebration news. Now, um, is this a celebration? The end of time. Um, apparently both parts are getting a 10th anniversary screening in US cinemas. This has been organised by Fathom um, Events. Um, you know, at screen- this point, we usually Go- moan that we're not getting it in this country. <laughs> I'm not going to say a word this time, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine, yeah. That's, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's, let's put it this way. The... the, the I don't know the the, the derided um, finale for, the, for uh, David Tennant's Doctor is going to get a... Um, Screens around a number of movie theaters across the United States um, on the seventh of August uh, this year. And um, if you go to the Fathom Events website, uh, you can see exactly which cinemas are showing it. Um, I think the amazing thing is, though, it's ten years ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know the um, yeah. I, I can't believe it's been, it's been that long. I don't, you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem like ten years ago. Put it that way. No, the, 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 the cold sweats still haven't finished. Have they? No, they haven't. They haven't. Um, 
thing is, Paul, it, it, here's the uh, $64,000 question. If it was in UK cinemas, would you go and see it just to see Doctor Who on the big screen, regardless of its quality? Um, well, having just been to see Planet of the Daleks. Yes. It's a bit awkward to turn around and say, oh, no, I can't be bothered to go and see something that wasn't there. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I actually don't know, actually, on this one. It, it may well be a case of if I'm not doing anything on that day, <laughs> rather, rather than ca- cancel everything and hold my diary open for that. Yes, yes. I um, Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's good they're doing a, a sort of like a, a Doctor Who event. I, I I do wish they would do more cinema events over here. Um, maybe, maybe not to... You know, every time there's a start of a new season, they show it on the big screen. I think it, it just sort of. I think we discussed this before previously when they were doing it. You know, just for like um, American cinemas. Yeah. Um, it's sort of more over here. It's been more for like the like the anniversary special. Yeah. Or uh, Capaldi's new. We had a, you know, we, I think the last time we went to one, it was a new Doctor, but it was a special yeah. um, two part story. I was surprised they didn't for. Well, it wasn't a two-part, so you could definitely tell it was two parts put together as one, wasn't it? Yeah, I was surprised they didn't for Whitaker's first one. Mm. But yeah, same here. Because uh, considering that was a bit of, that was a bit of an event, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised they didn't do that. I mean, but no, I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm quite happy with uh, living living in London and being particularly London centric. I'm quite happy with what the BFI do, to be honest. Yeah, same here. Same here, to be honest. And, it's, and it's, unfortunately, it's... the rest of the country is not probably sharing that. No, I think the uh, there is something good about watching Doctor Who in a cinema with other fans, really. Yeah. There's something good about it. But um, anyway, anyway. Now, and more anniversary news. Now, um, as we know, Big Finish uh, celebrating their 20th anniversary this year. Um, and then to um, celebrate over the 20th and 21st of July, uh, they're doing a 20-hour weekend live stream marathon of Doctor Who audio dramas um, on YouTube. And this is going to be on the official Doctor Who home on YouTube as well, on on the official channel. And they're going to broadcast more than 20 episodes of Audio Adventures uh, featuring David Tennant, Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann and David Bradley. Mm. So... um, so if you've never listened to Big Finish before, um, now's your chance to listen to 20 hours worth for free. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I think that's really good. Yeah, I feel like it's, yeah, it's a good idea of marking the the, the the time, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I think this is this is very, very good. Um, now, apparently also premiering during this event is the first episode of Doctor Who, The Legacy of Time, which is their um, anniversary um, story. That they've that they've put together featuring, um, well, all all of the doctors and compatible surviving doctors. I think also Tim Trelaw as well, and also um, all the sort of companions that are on Big Finish, yeah, as well. So um, yeah, I, I, th- I think this is brilliant actually. I think tra- tra- trying to do a story of all the companions on Big Finish <laughs> that'd bring Terence Dix out in a cold sweat. Wouldn't it, it would do, wouldn't it? <laughs> it is- It'll be interesting to see what they do because they they didn't do it for the five doctors. 
<laughs> It'll be very interesting to see what they do. But uh, yeah, so um, all I can say is get on to um, the, the official Doctor Who YouTube channel on um, the 20th and 21st of July to uh, to tune in and listen to listen to this for free. Yes. So get going. Now, um, before we forget, we did actually post this up on our, our Facebook um, page as well. Another little quick anniversary. This year would have marked the centenary of John Pertwee. And to, uh, to celebrate that, there was an hour-long documentary um, presented by his son, Sean Pertwee, on BBC Radio 4 Extra on the 6th of July. So if you're able to pick pick up BBC Radio 4 Extra, wherever, wherever you are in the world, um, make sure to tune in to, to listen to that as well, because it's got some, I believe it's got some um, previously unheard footage, interview footage of, of uh, John Pertwee on there. So yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that. As, as yeah. everyone who knows me uh, will know that John Pope is my doctor. So so tune in for that one if you can. Tune in. Yeah. Now, um, some more audio news. Uh, the fourth doctor um, from Big, on Big Finish is also getting another vinyl release. Um, now, this is another exclusive in conjunction with Sainsbury's in the UK. Um, this one is uh, Wave of Destruction, uh, which features the... Mentioned Tom Baker, Lala Ward, and John Leeson. Uh, it's got a limited edition run of 1500 copies on an Ocean Swell vinyl, um, and this will be available in stores or Sainsbury stores on Friday the 19th of July. So there we go. And this one was um, an audio drama from 2016 um, featuring the return of the Vardens, um, which I was going to say, was 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 this a long-awaited return of the Vardens? I don't. <laughs> Last seen in the Invasion of Time. I don't. <laughs> yeah, not too sure about that. But um... yes, I'm not sure the awaited bit is. <laughs> now I must admit, I tried looking for these before, and I think I've got the last Fourth Doctor, um, Fourth Doctor, which was a Zygon story. Um, but. Not all Sainsbury stores stock them. I don't know if it's because that um, because it is limited edition. They're just picking certain certain stores, or they've just sold out, or or what. I've got absolutely yeah, no idea. It'd be interesting to know how they how they pick which stores to have what copies, isn't it? Really? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah. So again, it's out there if you um, if you want it. Um, I haven't got a price on here at the moment, so I don't know how much it's gonna. Um, it's going to cost you. Um, it, they're usually reasonable in the region of about averaging about twenty quid, aren't they? Yeah, I think. I can't remember. I can't remember what I paid for the last one, to be honest. But uh, but there you go. There you go. Okay then. So that is it for. Well, it's quite a lot of news actually. It actually paid off being away for a month, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it really did. But we do have time to zip on over to Omega's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Okay, right, now, um, in the UK, the, the, um, there's a, 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 a chain of stores that are called the B&M stores, and they've done a few uh, Doctor exclusives, and usually sort of box sets and, and, and character sets and, and uh, of, of whatever. So Character Options are doing a few more sets um, again, um, which I'm assuming will fly off the shelves as soon as they, uh, as soon as they get there. Now, um, it always says here they're going to be released in the coming weeks, and I don't know what how long a, a, a time frame we're talking about here but um well they're gonna get it says it's gonna be they're gonna do a sonic screwdriver set this time as well with uh, of three popular uh sonic screwdrivers um 
and it's gonna um, it's gonna, it's a blister pack series will include electronic versions inspired by the 50th anniversary special of the 10th, 11th, and War Doctor's Sonics. Um, now the War Doctor's the only one I haven't got actually, so um, I do want to buy the 10th, 11th ones again just to get the the War, the War Doctor's Sonic screwdriver. I ask myself, first world problems, Paul. Yeah. It really is first world problems. But anyway, but they introduced some more figures as well. So there's going to be three unique Doctor and Dalek twin packs. And these have been inspired this time by Big Finish. So there's a brand, it says there's a brand new take on the eighth Doctor, plus the Dalek Interrogator Prime as featured in the audio story, The Garden of Death. Um, there's two additional Doctor and Dalek sets released from this range also feature the seventh and War Doctors, respectively. As well, so there'll also uh, be two new TARDIS and Doctor sets. Um, it says each with a complete new take on both the Doctor and the Blue Box, inspired by adventures spanning the 1970s and the 1980s. And then the, to complete the uh, the, uh, the lineup, there are three brand new collector sets with a range of three figures in each, um, inspired by the classic adventures of the second, fourth, sixth, and seventh Doctors. So um, they're really it's pushing good, these good, out, yeah, aren't they? I was going to say good to. Good to see that there's quite a lot of stuff coming yeah. out. Um, I know it's probably sort of regurgitation of, of previous um, previous sort of um, character options figures, but it, there's obviously still a, um, a you know a, a thirst for these out there. People are still buying them. Yeah, you know. So I, th- I think I think this is really good. Actually, it is actually quite telling that there is nothing really tied in with the current series of Doctor Who. No, we've we've had a a five point five inch Jodie Whittaker figure, thirteenth Doctor figure. Um, as of yet, we've had no companion figures. We haven't had her Tardis <clears throat> either, or any of the um, sort of villains and monsters from that series. There's been hardly any tie-ins with character options on that front at all. Maybe that's going to come next year. Yeah, just waiting. Perhaps they're waiting to get the. Because <laughs> they was waiting to see how well received it was. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but or maybe they're sort of testing the waters with these box sets and thinking, well, this is where it it lies. People are buying these exclusive collector sets. Maybe they'll they'll do that with the thirteenth Doctor range. Yeah. I was just looking at the fact they plan to do a full unveiling live on their YouTube channel. Yes, in July. It doesn't say when, though. It's a date and time will be announced. Perhaps they're going to reveal that live on their channel as well. Maybe, maybe. But, uh, it's weird, actually, because I don't, I don't get sent any um, anything to review anymore now. Because um, the, the last thing I was sent was the, was the um, 13th Doctor Sonic Screwdriver. Which I felt I gave a very fair review of, but they haven't sent me anything since. <laughs> yes, well, I think we can draw our own conclusion. I think so. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. So when we get more news on that, of course, we'll we'll uh, bring it to them. It may well have been the photos you sent them back of you playing with it that might have distracted them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong, sort of like sitting there in my pants with a can of beer and playing around with the sonic screwdriver. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, per- person's got to have their happy hour, haven't they? So- <laughs> oh, dear. Should we draw a line under that as well? <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Okay, everybody. So that's it for the news and tech corner for another month. So uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking about the third Doctor of a Big Finish, The Havoc of Empires. 
So for another month then, that was the news. everybody uh we're now going to talk about big finish and the havoc of empires and uh let's have a quick listen to the trailer first notification a spacecraft is approaching docking bay three this should only take a few moments we'll have to compensate for the lack of temporal synchromesh of course it's just like driving a car in manual rather than automatic doctor I don't mean to sound critical, but that space on the other side of those doors, isn't it? Empty space. White right. What in heaven's name are those things? Those, Mike, are Atto eels. They're huge! Very dangerous. That's what the first one said! I think we should get out of here before it attacks us too! You may enter docking bay. According to this, the Earth Empire has arranged a political marriage between the two leaders. Please notify Lady Guerlain that our useless and pointless security consultant has arrived. Acknowledged. Excuse me! Woman with reputation in ruins coming through! The whole future of this sector of the galaxy is at stake. <laughs> the Delphons. Let's get going. There's no present like the times there. Big finish. Recreating an era. Right, now, before we begin, uh, there will more than likely be spoilers um, in our little discussion um, coming up in a minute. So um, if you want to avoid any spoilers or potential spoilers, turn off now, go listen to The Havoc of Empires, and come back and listen to us. So you yes. you, you have been warned, you have been warned. However, uh, this was released in September 2015. Um, so it's uh, four years old now, which I can't believe, actually. That it's already four years old. But, uh, <laughs> 2015 was four years ago. Yeah, I, I know. Believe, I can't mate. believe it. Can't believe. It. I just oh well, whatever. Um, so anyway, um, I'll, I'll be twenty soon. <laughs> 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 I wish I'd be twenty again. Never mind. Never mind about that. So um, anyway, it's my turn to kick this one off, isn't it? Yes. Is indeed. Is indeed. Um, I, I, I put it this way. This this is comes as sort of like a, as a companion piece of Prisoners of the Lake, which is the first story, because this is the second story in the third Doctor Doctor Adventures. Yes. Um, I didn't enjoy this one as much as Prisoners of the Lake, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, no. I, I, I don't know. If, I can't quite put my finger on it, because it's not a... How can I put it? It's not a very Pertwee, or Third Doctor, I should say, Third Doctor kind of story. Uh, in this, he's playing second fiddle to Joe Grant. This is very much Joe Grant's story, which is nothing wrong with that at all. No. But if they're trying to take you back to a Saturday night in like 1972, for argument's sake, um, it for me, it, it didn't really hit the spot, this one. No, I know what you mean. Um, um. And I think the... Well, there's nothing wrong with the performances at all. Um but I couldn't quite see why Mike Yates had to be there in this story because he was entirely superfluous to the plot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, completely. Oh. I mean, it literally was a case of, oh, and he's there as well, wasn't it? it was yeah, and he had nothing to do. To do. I, I, I don't know. I just don't think that... I think the Prisoners of the Lake just got atmosphere really well well it, it was this... Pris- yeah Prison of the Lake was, was a good 
uh, Third Doctor Earthbound story. But just the soundscape of exactly. it, well, I think, yeah. worked. It, it, everything worked in it, and the music worked in it as well. He did, yeah. I think we said at the time, he took us back to being kids again. You know, um, but this one didn't. This, this it's just a bit I, too flat, really. It was. Um, and to be honest, it was almost kind of like a rerun of The Curse of Peladon. Yeah. Where there was like a... Um, you know, there's like always like a like a, a, a murder mystery going on. You had Joe pretend to be someone she wasn't, and the doctor sort of playing her assistant. But you had Mike Yates there as well, also playing second fiddle to her as well. And I, I keep saying second fiddle; it's it's the wrong it's the wrong phrase to use here because really, I said um, this was all about Joe doing her own thing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, which is fine. I, I just don't think the. You know, the story was up to much, really. Yeah, no, that that that's my. Fault. I mean, to, to be honest, I think the best bit about this was um, Tim Trailer's uh, performance as the Doctor. Yes, I think that was actually, I think, really good. Yeah, you see, he's he's certainly captured that. Sort of third doctor um, arrogance. That it was. It was during scenes with him in it that I was sort of more drawn into the story. Yeah, and back probably to to my childhood, to be honest. Um, as you say, yeah, Mike Yates didn't really have anything to do, and you did feel there was a bit. You felt there was actually just too many characters in this. I sort of got a bit lost as to who was who in some places. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I think that is a bit of a um, a, a drawback of like audio stories. Sometimes you, you, especially if they get the same voice actor playing multiple parts. Yeah, it, it does get confusing. Yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Actually, I really do because um, you had. The only other name I actually know in this is George Layton, um, who you know was probably famous for being in the first couple of series of Anar Fotmum and appearing in a couple of episodes of The Sweeney. Then he, he wrote a load of stuff as well, like, like, like situation comedies. But he played two parts in this as well, and, and and I was getting confused as to who was who. Yeah, you know. Um, but the, the other thing as well, though, um, which is a carryover from Prison of the Lake, was this. Um, Using Tim Trelaw to narrate the story right. in certain yeah. places, um, and I, I still can't... I don't understand it. No, I that well, as far as I'm aware, they haven't done it for any other big finished stories. I mean, unless someone can can correct us here. Yeah, uh, and I'm, was... I'm wondering is was this just do all the third Doctors? These are the only two that I've listened to so far, mm. and do they work their way out of it and get back to just doing? <clears throat> or is this is this a standard style that they're doing for the third Doctor stories? Well, it it doesn't really sort of fit in with what they've done with the others, and if that if that's the if no. that's the case, because and as know, I said, I, I can't understand why they need to, because you don't notice a need for it in their other stories. No, I mean. The third, you know, the Doctor stood in the doorway of the TARDIS. Doesn't it? Doesn't add? Okay, it might just set a scene. Yeah, but it doesn't add anything to the story. And probably why it's so flat because they're not allowing you to. 
paint the picture in your head as yeah. such. They're telling you what's happening in places. And I can't understand. Because I mean, as I've just said, I mean, I think actually the the impression, or if for want of a better word, mm. of the third Doctor, is, I thought was very good. Yes, same here. Actually. So it's not as if they need it to cover up for the fact that they don't want too much of the Doctor. I wondered in the with the prisoners in the lake as to whether it was because they wasn't too sure how well it was going to sound, he was going to sound, and whether he was going to really be able to carry it off over a whole episode, that they felt perhaps rather than be com- trying to completely be immersive into the story, they'd, mm. st- they'd have this narration bits to, well, to I, help I, it along. To, yeah, so that I, I could I, limit how much he was having to do. Yeah. But, like I say, I don't think that is necessary. No, I I think it, it, it's the same. Um, the thing about Tim Trelaw, he he's got the same sort of voice as John Pertwee. Is the fact he couldn't disguise it really. Yeah. Whether, whether voice um, John Pertwee did, you knew it was John Pertwee. Um, yeah. Which is why they didn't allow him to or use that. Um, or was it from um, Inferno when he wasn't he went to be sort of like the the, the big brother character doing like a radio broadcast yeah and he said oh, i can do that i can do that and and it's i think it's on on the dvd release um on the special edition i think um and it the reason they cut it because it sounds exactly like john pertwee so you know yeah. it, very very confusing so i think when he's tintoral's talking in his normal voice as a narrator um he doesn't sound too dissimilar from his from his impression of john pertwee yeah, you almost He's got want a distinctive to say, voice. Either he? get someone completely different to do the narration if you want to do narration. Yeah. Or do it in the John Pertwee voice. Yeah. You just get this odd bit. It's just no, and you just sort of listen to it. And you think to yourself, surely that I mean, you know, they do it in however many other stories they've done, which you know they're celebrating their twenty years. Yeah. Why did they? And I just don't understand why they. There was an. They they need felt they needed to do it for these. No, I don't know. It's 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 very strange, very strange. But and I think that's partly why why you don't get into it because, as I have done other stories, I think unless well, unless you really can set the atmosphere, it's always going to then take you out of it when it, when you, when you get a bit of narration. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um... And that's not just that's not just a, a criticism of audio stuff. It's a criticism we've made of screen stuff when they suddenly put in right at the beginning of episodes when they put in a bit of narration to set the scene or whatever that you feel yeah that it sort of loses something. Yeah, I yeah I think that that's what sort of kind of sort of. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe they drop it when they get to the next box set. Maybe it's just an experimental thing. They record, whether... they record these two stories at the same time, release them as a box set, and um, they're yeah. written. They don't quite know how well it's going to go over a whole series. Yeah, and so they've done it like that. And whether, yeah, like I say, as I say, I've only heard these two, so I can't say as to whether this was just a thing to get started. And they was, you know, they just wanted to cover themselves a little bit, just in case the people didn't accept um, 
him as the third Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and uh, on whether they have now gone completely that you know if you, the latest third Doctor stuff is pretty much the full. Well, the thing is, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I pretty much accepted Tim Trelaw as the third Doctor the first time I heard him. Yeah. To be honest, I think he, he it's, it's a very, very good, um, well, not very good, excellent attempt actually at, at, at doing John Pertwee. You know, I, I think I think it's excellent, um, and I like his right, performance right. as well. I really like his. I like Katie Manning's performance as well. Um, I know the. I think trying to keep up the the young Joe Grant voice must be difficult for her because it it does sound almost childlike at sometimes. Yeah, I think she I think, does she, it. I think I think she's almost yeah she's trying a bit too hard. Yeah. Again, this is early. In doing this, and I don't mm. know, you know, whether she gets the balance right with later with later stories. I mean, it, certainly, I still want to listen to later. St- oh yeah, later same stories here. Now. It's got, same here. Yeah. I mean, no, but, not... but yeah, partic- particularly if you're saying about get, getting it right, is the the one scene that really is the fact that when they Mike Yates and Joe Grant leave the TARDIS and realise they've been left in the wrong. They've been dropped off at the wrong place. Yeah. When they shout back to the doctor, he comes out, you know, saying, "Oh, I was waiting for you to invite me along." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've met, and that was just really did sounds pertwish to that of that of that era as well. Yeah. I could imagine the third doctor coming out of the TARDIS, being all you know, st- standing in the TARDIS, waiting to be invited. To come along, almost, you know. Well, I especially if there's a picnic and yeah, exactly, and fine wine, he'd be right there, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'd... I'm probably not. I'm probably not even thinking in terms of being freezer crowd either. <laughs> oh no, not with him. Definitely not. Oh. Definitely not. But but I think that that was one of my my problems because I say he was very much in the background of this story, um, and maybe they're sort of thinking like, okay, we can do something different with the third Doctor and audio. Um, but if it's... I don't know. I don't, again, know the, I don't know if that's the right thing to do with the third again, Doctor, because he's, he's not that kind of Doctor to be, to be in the background, is he? No. I mean, of all of them, he was... Yeah. The... Which is probably more to do with Pertwee more than, more than yeah, the character, yeah, if I'm exactly. honest. Yeah. Pr- yeah. Pr- prob- probably, yeah. Probably it was all <laughs> written this way. All these episodes were written this way. <laughs> But <laughs> just once, that once John Pertwee got hold of the script, <laughs> they just, just, just notes really, not enough me in it. <laughs> Front and centre. Front and centre. But uh, so obviously, what what they they've sort of brought back to this is is the um, sort of the, the the Joe Grant Mike Yates romance, um, which didn't go anywhere um, on the television. I suppose it's brave of them to try and sort of resurrect that on audio, but again, as, as characters, I just don't put them together. No. I mean, even from like the like Joe wants to go and see. Um, the whole point is they're getting a trip in the TARDIS for the Doctor because um, Joe wants um, to go to the Cavern Club. Yeah. In 1963, um, uh, but then. What it actually is, Mike wants to go and see W.G. Grace's last cricket match at Trent Bridge in 1899. Yeah. So, um, which I could... But again, I, I couldn't... There's been no mention of him liking cricket either that I can remember. 
for Mike Yates? Uh, no, I'm trying to think. No, I'm not. I'm not. But again, it's, it's just that whole thing. Okay, this sort of like you know they're, they're chalk and cheese characters. But I thought if you're going on the date, you at least ask where do you want to go. Surely that, that sort of occurs to me when I first listened to it. I thought, well, wouldn't you ask where she wanted to go first? <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that's yeah. not how. Maybe that's not how dates were done in 1972, whenever this was meant to be set, because you know it was very much a man's world then, wasn't it? <laughs> or, or in 1899. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Some would argue it still is a man's world, but there you yes. are. There you are. But. Uh, yeah. So, but then, yeah, the story. Some is, would argue trying try trying to suggest going to cricket as a date is where I've been going wrong for many years. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that hot that hot leather and willow action. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we never get to that because they've they've usually usually left by. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even enter the ground with you. They've gone. <laughs> I can't understand that she agreed to meet me here and. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, um, yeah, the actual story itself, uh, you know, or the, or the story, the, you know, the, 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 the plot, um, these two um, races are, are getting together through a, the, a sort of like a marriage of convenience to form an alliance. Um, one is sort of very warlike, um, the Chalnoth, and the, um, what they call that, the, oh, God, the, the Chalnoth, no, the Chalnoth hegemony. Um, they're, yeah, they're the warlike race. Um, what's the other race called? Uh, they was the. Well, it was it was basically Earth Empire as they'd gone forward, wasn't it? Yeah. And... So so, but basically, it's it's this major convenience because they the warlike race, the Chernoff, needs the sort of like the business acumen of this like other race, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Right. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Um, to um, sort of fund their wars, basically. Um, and then, then and of course, there, there's people there who are trying to stop the marriage from happening. or Which, again, as I said, it's like the Curse of Peladon. Yeah. There's someone in between trying to stop stop the, the alliance from happening. And, it, and this one, you haven't got um, Agador, you've got Atto Wheels instead. Which is an anagram of tea towel, apparently. So it says here, like, Drashig was an anagram of dishrag. Right. Yeah, so they sort of carried on that. And actually, the Atta wheels are very much like Drashigs, aren't they? Yeah. They've got the scent and they hunt, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very derivative, I've, I found, this story. Again, uh, yeah. I, I, I wonder whether you know, starting a new thing, you're just trying to keep within a similar vein of stuff to ease people in gently I don't know oh, I don't know I don't know it was as I say I don't mind you know um, nods to the past and all that because kind of, there's mentions of sort of like the um, Draconians and Alpha Centaurans who in this was sort of like mentioned to be a bit war warlike which I can't imagine at all to be honest um, there's some types of routers and also Delphons who, who make a bit of a a brief appearance, and the Delphons were mentioned once, I think, in um, John Pertwee's first ever story. So he yeah. greets Liz with the waggle of his eyebrows. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's nice to get to get a mention. Nice to get a mention, but I don't think this one was sort of uh, playing to the gallery a little bit too much. It, it really didn't quite know what it was, did it? It was no. I mean, it, it, I, I did quite like the idea that it 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 was a who done it that actually didn't tell you it was a you didn't realise it was a who done it until they told you who done it. Yeah, if that makes sense. It was very late on that you realised actually something wasn't wasn't well, right. Okay, we we did say spoilers, but it's the two people who are behind it all. Yeah, don't actually feature at all in the story. No, one does at the very beginning. The other one you don't hear hear at all. Um, you just hear about him. Yeah, you don't actually hear anyone play him. Um, yeah, it, it was. As, as murder mysteries go, that we, <laughs> it was sort of like very much a Deus Ex Machina kind of ending, wasn't it? It just pulled out of nowhere. You got you got one clue as to as to as to who it was, mm. and about thirty seconds later, they told you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was a bit. It was sort of they, you know you sort of would have liked to have actually had. It would have been good then if you're going to set Joe up as the detective mm. person to have actually had a detective story but even the the, the, the plot contrivance of, of Joe sort of taking charge or, or being put in that position is only down to the fact she fits in the uniform yeah it's not as if there's any sort of that you know they want to um, it's any sort of like quick thinking like it was on say I wouldn't say like the curse of Peladon Joe's pretend to be a princess. This this one is just purely from the they're pretending to be from Earth delegation. It's purely from the point of view of oh they pretend to be like a, a um, an independent security um, sort of delegation or what you want to call it, and the uniform yeah. fits Joe. Therefore, she's now in charge. And um, the thing actually that they got me from that was the fact that it just sort of took a took a huge leap that. That nobody would have known that Alex Fitton was a man. Yeah. I mean, right, they may have never have met him, but you'd have thought somebody on the in the command thing would have actually have had some sort of contact. Little, yeah, some sort of contact bit. with that person, or yeah, whatever the um, version of Wikipedia is in those days. <laughs> Perhaps it says could be man or woman. It could be, yeah. But yeah, that just sort of seemed to me to be a bit of a of a jump that it was actually someone they was expecting and had been waiting for. So you'd have thought somebody would have actually known, had a rough idea as to what who they were. Yeah. Other than just a name. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, it was. I hate saying it because I, you know, I enjoy the big finish audios. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so pleased they've got to the like, 20th anniversary and still releasing stuff. Yeah. Um, but this one just didn't do it for me, I'm afraid. Yeah. I just I mean, thought it's a bit. I just I, thought it's a bit weak, really. I am hoping that this was just a bit of a case of you know, they're dipping their toe in the water and hadn't really. 
Well, I, spo- out I suppose exactly you could what they wanted to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose you could say, you know, um, this is the the third Doctor's difficult second album. Yeah. You know, so maybe um, when we get to the next, when we get around to reviewing the next one um, in this series, that it might be a bit of a bit of a marked improvement, perhaps, and yeah. hopefully drop the narration as well. Yeah, I mean, the scenes that worked in this were were the ones where that Big Finish do well, like um, when the two, the happy couple, mm. so to speak, were trapped in the escape pod. Yes. And you actually... That developed the story, and you could actually say, oh, actually, no, this might actually work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And actually, that drew you into the fact that, oh, actually, this this isn't just... Uh, this might, you know, a car- these aren't just cardboard cut-out figures, which actually, really, most of the others were, if you like, you know? Mm. Standard, yeah. there was no... You felt nothing for them. Um, the other people to do with security and that just really were pretty much standard off the peg people for these sort of stories, weren't they? Yeah, you know which, I mean? which I suppose is, is sort of stuck in trying to big finish because it's actually like that where you have these sort of like security people. They are sort of. Very nondescript, aren't they? Yeah, but but usually you get some sort of feeling to to the back, the back catalogue and back to to the, to the characters. It, she just it just didn't. I mean, I couldn't really, I couldn't tell you anything about the other characters apart from the apart from the um, I want to say the king and the CEO. Hmm. That are getting married. There's just absolutely nothing. None of the other characters had any story to them. Well, I suppose they they tried to do it with the Louis Markell and Lady Gurlan characters, who were the um, like you, know, you put it, sort of assistants, I suppose, or, or trusted confidants of the CEO and, and the um, the regent of the um, of the Chowloff. So. Um, they tried to give them a bit of a, a, a backstory, but it didn't sort of really go no. You never really got a handle on... Well, I suppose you did with, with the Lady Gurland character, um, as why the Regent Thala trusted her so much. Um, yeah. But I, I didn't get the same kind of thing between Lewis Markell and Maze Elric, to be honest. No. I, I didn't get that. I know they're trying. There's the sort of trying to sort of the the relationships on either side were trying to mirror each other, weren't they? They were sort of they, they, you know their their confidence are the reason why they're in these positions of power now. Yeah, there there was almost a case of you know there, there's there's no all this build up of you know these are two different um, races and whatever. You'd be mm. let's basically no, they're the same people. Yeah. That they just look different. Um but yeah, no, I just that's just yeah, I couldn't I couldn't really care much about Lewis Markell's character. No. The only two characters, yeah, are the are the, are the 
the region. And, yeah. yeah, and uh, Mace Elric. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so for me, I, I said, you know, um, well, there's not really much more to say. It's just disappointing. There's actually, there's actually a point where you're actually not that bothered with her. Mike Yates survives the explosion, to be honest. <laughs> there was part of me thinking, oh, please die. <laughs> I never, re- I never ever really... Oh, I love the Perwy era, but I never really clicked with Mike Yates. Really. Never clicked with him at all. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know if it's to do with Richard Franklin's performance or the way the character was written. Um, it's, it's just not much of a character, Mike Yates, to me. No, he yeah, he's just yeah, he's just a bit. I mean, he actually only becomes interesting as a character, right at the. the yeah, end. For, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in Pertwee's last season. Yeah. And it would have yeah. actually been interesting. It'd be interesting to have an audio. Of the post. Um, Planet of the Spiders, Mike Yates. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose then you're you're into fourth Doctor territory, then really, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. So, I don't know. They did they did do some sort of semi, not big finish, was it? But it was somebody who did um, stuff. With the oh, those those. Gates. Yeah, that was. Um... Hornet's Nest. Or Hornet's something. Nest. That's it. I can't remember what the other one was, but but again, that wasn't done like an audio story. That it was, was yeah, it, it, it was like a narration by Tom Baker. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, which didn't. I haven't heard it actually. I haven't heard either of them. I think it was everyone was very very excited about the fact that you know Tom Baker no. returned as a fourth Doctor. It wasn't quite what everyone expected. But no. uh, there you go. There you go. That's, uh, again, not. I mean, you can see that. There's probably more similarities with this to that than there is to probably other big finish stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Um, perhaps it's Richard Franklin. <laughs> he doesn't like doing complete audio drama. I don't know. Well, I I, I remember <laughs> remember when we were reviewing that back in the fiftieth anniversary year, the Destiny of the Doctor series that was released every month, and it got to the third Doctor one. Um, what was it? Something of the Stones, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't remember what it was now. Something of the Stones. Anyway, so Richard Franklin was narrating that particular story, and I didn't particularly like that. I, I just didn't like his narration. To be honest, I just didn't like it. Um, maybe it is Richard Franklin then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I it just yeah. It's just it's it's almost as if like oh well, he's in the studio, so we give him something to do. Yeah, it makes me wonder what's going to be like when Benton gets involved in these stories as well. I mean, to be honest, actually, that may that may be better because actually, Mike Yates, some of Mike Yates' best stuff is actually being the commanding officer to Benton. Yeah, exactly. But as I say, you've you've now also got um, uh, what's his name, uh, John Colshaw doing. Uh, the Brigadier. Yeah. Which I haven't heard yet. I haven't heard anyone's feedback on that yet either. So no. I'll, I'll be interested to see what um Yeah, what 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 how that turns out. Again, you can you can see perhaps really how these are these are 
hopefully these are evolving, these stories, the third yeah. Doctor stories, and we will... I mean, the fact that they're now feeling more confident to bring other people back in to play... to, to play the characters... Mm. like that is, is, is interesting. They've obviously have settled on the fact that people... Well, I mean, yeah, as, I mean, as, as it, I think that that's the, that's do it, so. that's the key thing here. You've hit the hell, you know, hit the nail right on the head there because any other way to bring them back in would have just been sort of companion specials or um, like the, the 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 unit stories they're doing. They could bring back the old unit for arguments. So, which yeah. I think they have done, haven't they? Um, I think one of the stories isn't Benton running a pub or something. Uh. Yeah, I'm not. Really yeah, so, yeah, I'm not really up on it to be honest. Um, I dare say there's listeners out there who, who are, but um, yeah. So a- apart from that, there's no other real way to bring them back with the third Doctor before now, or, or right. say before now, before four years ago. So, um, and I obviously didn't feel confident just to do something like have somebody else also doing the Brigadier. Yeah, at the start. Did um actually thinking back to sort of third Doctor in, in, impressions, was it Tim Trelaw that did the third Doctor in the light at the end? Yeah, that that's why I think they decided that they could have a go. Yeah, because it was that was well received. So I can't remember who did the first Doctor in that either. Someone did an impression of the first Doctor, which now Peter Purvis does in the Companion Chronicles, doesn't he? As Fraser yeah. Hines does with the second Doctor. Yeah. Though Fraser Hines' second Doctor is very, very good, actually. Yeah. I've, I haven't heard Peter Peter, um, Peter Purvis's... Uh, he's now called Peter Peter Purvis, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't heard his, I haven't heard his impression of William Hartnell. But... <laughs> That's because you had to stop yourself saying blue at the start, didn't you? I did, yeah. <laughs> blue Peter's Peter Purvis. <laughs> he must be sick of being introduced like that. Say, yeah. How he must laugh at that. <laughs> Never heard that one before, has he? <laughs> no. Oh dear, that's uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, just to bring this this sort of conversation to an end, really, I think the um, I, I think you know, if you're a fan of the Second Doctor and that whole era of Doctor Who, I say yeah, listen to it. Just don't expect to be blown away by the story. Yeah, or the Third Doctor even. What did I say? Second. <laughs> did I? <laughs> I was going to say, if you're a fan of the Second that's Doctor, how forgettable this is. <laughs> if you're a fan of the Second Doctor, this may come as a disappointment. <laughs> Oh dear, but it's no, late. No, I want to go to bed. <laughs> if you are a fan of the Second Doctor, Fraser Hines does a cracking, impression. cracking impression of him. <laughs> no, yeah, oh, dear. Uh, it, 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 I, th- I think just basically look at this as a work in progress. Yeah, and we will see. It's it's certainly not to the point that you'd think. Oh, that's a disappointment. I'm not sure. I'm actually, I'm actually more interested, actually, in some ways, to mm. listen to them, because I think there's a there's a good idea there. Yeah. And there's enough in it to make me actually, yeah, I actually want to listen to more. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope that they they just think I think they just need a bit more confidence in it. Well, maybe the future ones they they there is there is that confidence and and. You know, present in the stories and in the yeah. actors as well. Maybe yeah. it's there. As I said, this is the difficult second album. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they 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 did a lot right. I mean, I think the only thing that we was um, critical with Prisoners of the Lake was was the narration. We wasn't we didn't like that there. No, because it it sort of took you away from. Yeah, and it, it and it certainly does the same thing again in this story. Yeah, and yeah. that that was a much better story with much better atmospheric feeling to it. Yeah. This this is completely flat. I mean, there isn't really any background really sounds to this mm. that much, is there? No, there's nothing. Hardly anything at all. Considering it's got narration, it doesn't really paint you a picture of the No, place. it doesn't. That's what I mean. That the, you know, the doctor standing in the, do- in the doorway of the TARDIS doesn't really conjure up a lot, does it? So yeah. You can imagine that yourself without any help, but... It would be much, oh, well. you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna have narration, at least then give us big, expansive descriptions of stuff. Mm. But yeah, no, it just really didn't didn't set the narration. Just felt like it was just you know, oh, well, we just kill a bit of time here. I'll just yeah, I know, I know. He uh. so he almost felt like there was a bit of narration why they they shifted the scene around. <laughs> well, maybe they did. Maybe that's why they did the Lincoln narration just to try and make sense out of it. Who knows? The first audio play that they had to they had to have narration offset while they changed the scenery, <laughs> or changed the lens on the camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, should we should we leave that there then? Yes. I think we I think we've we've we've, we've discussed that enough that one actually, mm. but uh, probably probably more than what was necessary. But. They... <laughs> But uh, yeah, okay. So uh, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a middling story, really. From that's that's sort of kind of our review of that one. So um, so coming up next month, we finally reach the end of our series one retrospective. We're coming. We've finally reached the parting of the ways. And yes. what we're going to do after this, we've got no bloody clue. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be the parting of the way? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but before uh, before Paul and I return, there is another another companion special uh, coming out um, in in uh, this month as well. So um, which will be uh, this one will feature Katrina Griffiths from the Verity podcast. So that's something to look forward to there. Um, and there will be other companion specials uh, th- uh, released each month, right up to the end of the year. That's that's what we got planned anyway. So um, it sort of worked out quite nice as as, as a twelve month um, series. Nice. Yes, nice, nice. So if there's any other special, because I say recently, just before this episode came, we had uh, a cosplay special, which wasn't just about Doctor. That was with uh, a friend of mine, Joanne Alexander, um, which was fantastic to talk to. And I hope you enjoyed listening to that one. It's something a little bit different. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously we'll try and drop in the odd uh, video podcast as we um, as we go throughout the months as well. Although I've got to be honest, as we're hitting the summer, it's a little bit hot to be sitting under studio lights. As I do have studio lights, Paul. I do have studio lights for, for, for it's filming. A, it's, so. it's all right, Fish. It's the conditions those makeup people have to work Ah, <laughs> uh, well. They're hour days in their trailer. <laughs> they're there to make me look good, Paul. So that's all that matters. As, as I say, as I say it's, it's the conditions they have to work uh, I pay them a fair wage. They get the London living wage. What more do they want? That's <laughs> <laughs> your council. It's lucky that I'm not living outside of London. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh dear. Let's leave this there. Let's leave yeah. this there before yeah. I get um before I get attacked. <laughs> By people that sell with pitchforks and flaming torches <laughs> demanding a fair wage. That's just your gardener. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, our old Bert, my wrinkled retainer. <laughs> <laughs> and you can conjure up your images out of that one. So. <laughs> right, let's draw a line under that one as well, Paul. So, yeah, so anyway, so until next time then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at whos-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.